everybody. Sweet's Facebook Live. Course I with Beals and Tennis Segments brought to you by the Racket Man. The industry leader in racket stringing, racket repair, and customization. Go to www.theracketman.net for more info. Not kidding, but as soon as I said that, the racket man just literally texted me on something. So I'll check that out after this segment. Again, go to www.theracketman.net for more info. He's got everything you need. Again, the industry leader in racket stringing, racket repair, and customization. Okay, want to kind of talk about the week that was in, in Delray Beach at the Delray Beach Open. It's my fourth year covering it. Uh, it's one of my favorite weeks of the year. I look uh, I look forward to it every year. And I got there Thursday night. I go on site Friday through Tuesday. Um, Friday, the qualifying starts Saturday and Sunday. Friday, you start to see some players in the main draw there, but obviously a lot of the qualifying guys are there Friday hitting. I've got a chance to see... No Ruben and Noah and I, you know, I've had Noah on these segments a couple times and just uh, some texting back and forth. It was cool to see him. He had a very, very successful weekend Saturday and Sunday. He beat uh, Paolo Lorenzi, who he had lost to in New York the week before, and Dennis Istomin to qualify. Um, it was a long day for him, both Saturday and Sunday. He survived about eight rain delays, and it took forever. But it was great to see him qualify, and then again he won a he won his first uh, first round in Delray too. So Noah had a good week. Hopefully he can um, parlay that into uh, more good weeks to come. It was good to see him. Friday also did a preview with Blair Henley about um, Delray. Mentioned Coco. We mentioned the Bryan brothers. We're going to get to those people in a bit. Um, go check that out. We did a, just a quick brief segment on it. Saturday night was a first that the Delray Beach opened, and it was really special. They had uh, Coco Mania. They had Coco Golf play an exhibition against the NCAA reigning champ Estela Perez Samariba, um, and it was a packed stadium. It was great to open up the tournament that way. Um, such a fun, exciting atmosphere. And I'll tell you, Samariba played really, really well. From the back of the court, she held her own. She had a little bit of difficulty when Coco, Coco threw in a lot of drop shots that night, and Samariba did not transition that great up to the net. And she had she had to come forward. She was not nearly as good as what she was like from the back of the court hitting with Coco. But um, both players very mature. It, again, it was in front of a packed crowd, and and what a what a great way to to start the event. I was I was privileged enough to go to both their press conferences. Um, Hey, Brian, I got Brian on. Brian's a big boxing fan, also a big tennis fan. We got Coach Woodson logging on. We're getting, uh, we're getting some of the A-team come. Uh, Brian, I know there was a big fight last night. I know you were uh, fired up about that, huge fight. But anyway, um, I was privileged to be in both press conferences. And, and again, um, Estella Perez-Samariba, very mature um, in what she said. Um, how she, uh, what it was like for her to experience playing Coco, playing in that crowd. She said she'd never played in a crowd that that pack like that. Um, I'm gonna follow her along. I'm looking forward to seeing where she goes um, when she turns pro and everything. Um, Coco, we had Coco's press conference after um, Samariba was done. Uh, I think Francis Tiafo, um, Francis Tiafo, he crashed the press conference early. Something about playing basketball with Coco's dad. So uh, that was pretty cool. They had a few laughs about that. But again, Coco, very mature. I can't believe she's 15. She's uh, she's turning 16 soon. But um, again, very, very mature. 
and uh, we're all looking forward to seeing her playing uh, these tournaments ahead. Sunday, more players arrive, including Jack Sock. Um, Sunday was a special day because I did that unbelievable podcast with James, and when I say unbelievable, it is nothing what I did. It was all the credit to James, James Blake. It it was one of the coolest things I've ever experienced since I started this journey. Um, I had this idea in mind, and I was I was going back with Jeff Dawson. You know, I've mentioned Jeff before, Rabbit.com. Um, we were throwing this idea around about wouldn't it be cool if we can get James or Andre um, James and kind of go through the mindset of what that 2005 U.S. Open quarterfinal night match was like, and to go down fist set tiebreaker and to break it down point by point with James. I cannot thank James um, enough for agreeing to spend some time going through that gut-wrenching loss, because it was gut-wrenching. He was so close. Um, he's up 5-4 in that breaker, and he's got two serves to serve it out. And I strongly urge you to listen to that podcast. It's Courtside with Nielsen Tennis. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever, Google Play. Um, James was so, so good. And just for coaches, for, for students of the game, for parents, to hear the mindset of someone at that elite level, in the most pressure-packed situation, was um, pretty, pretty special. And it, again, it was one of the coolest things I've ever done. And I thank James so much for being so nice and uh, agreeing to do it. A, a very painful loss for him. But again, as Andre said at the end, uh, tennis won. It wasn't so much that Andre won, but Andre said tennis won. And tennis did definitely win that night. So that was that was super cool. And when you listen to the pod, go on YouTube as well. There's a lot of videos that show the match, and some do better than others than splicing the fist set tiebreaker. But if you follow along a video on YouTube of the fist set tiebreaker and listen along to what James is saying, that's where it's really, really cool. So I hope you all check it out. Please share that with with everybody you know, because it was so, so fun. Uh, Monday, the main draw started. We had Nick Kyrgios, who was the top seed. He had his press conference. Um... I had watched him practice Saturday. Was he there Saturday? I saw him Sunday and Monday. Sometimes the days run into each other. But he looked great at practice. I know he withdrew from New York. Our fingers were crossed. He looked good. Um, Didn't mention anything really on Monday at the press conference of withdrawing. Unfortunately, on Tuesday, he did withdraw. Um, I also on Tuesday did a pod with Director of Media of the Delray Beach Open, Natalie Mikulich. We've had around, I think it's episode 60, that episode 60 is more about Natalie's tennis journey and background as far as growing up. She was an incredible tennis player. She won an NCAA championship as team um, in Florida, then she transferred to Miami. Um, she had some incredible tennis experience and life experiences. Now She's now CEO of her uh, own PR company, and she's... Uh, She's a superstar, so listen to that, episode 60. And then again, I just did we did a brief pod talking a little bit about the tournament. Um, so check that out as well in the pod. Um, I stepped out of the media room for a minute. I think I was like eating a granola bar or something like that, and I stepped outside for a minute, and, and Jack Sock was coming in. He was playing at 6 o'clock. This was about 2.30, 3 o'clock, and he was coming in, and his fiance was coming in, and I was talking to Jack a little bit. And yeah, we all know, um, you know, how great a doubles player he is, but we all know how rough um, singles has been the last couple of years. And he had just played New York. He had lost um, his first match in New York, but it was in it was indoors. It was on top of an ice rink. He was happy. I asked him if he was happy to get out outside, and, and he was, and he was ready to roll. Um, we talked Kansas City Chiefs. He's still on that high. He loves his Chiefs, and uh, he said he cried when he was watching that Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah, Jack was ready to roll. He played 
Albot, who won the tournament last year. Now, Albot was not playing very well either coming into this tournament, so both players were struggling. Jack won. Um, yeah, to Coach Woods, an amazing experience. I know he's talking about the, the thing with Blake. It, it was super cool, man. It was super, super cool. One of the, again, coolest things I ever did. But, again, going back to Sock and Albot, Sock won. And, and here's the thing with Sock, and I was counting. You know, each game, and we're talking singles right now. We're not talking doubles because doubles is shot-making, and he's phenomenal. He's arguably one of the best doubles players in the world. Um, singles, he'll give you two to three points a game. When I mean give you, you don't have to earn those. And when you look at the Novaks and the Feds and the Rafas, and even go down the list, the next step, um, the Tsitsipasas, the, the teams, they're not going to give you those points. And I think Jack, one, it's confidence, and two, his forehand – he can't just rally ball with that forehand and backhand, whether it's you know some technical deficiencies or whatever. He has to go after that forehand and impose his will on his opponents. And it took him about a set and a half to do that against Albert. He lost the first set. He really wasn't going after his shots. But something clicked in that second set that he, he really amped up and ramped up his forehand. That's what he has to do. He's going to miss a bunch. He's going to have a lot of errors. Just the game he plays... But for him to be successful, and, and I mean, it was a great win. It, it was a, he, You saw how relieved he, he was when he did win. Um, he has to, has to go after that forehand um, to really kind of jump up in the rankings again. And, and who knows? I mean, he's got a ton of work, obviously, to get back to, to where he was. And who knows if he will. But he's more talented than what his ranking is currently. So... We'll see. He played Stevie the next, Stevie Johnson next round. He lost in three sets. But if he can get his confidence back and really, really go after that forehand, think he can impose his will on some, some of his opponents and win some singles matches. So we'll see where that all plays out. Some other items, the Bryan brothers. Um, I got to watch the Bryan brothers practice quite a bit. So I'd probably say three times, three or four times. And what I really like to focus on was not so much the ball, but I was watching the Bryans, each of them away from the ball, and see their footwork and see where their positioning is and see where they are because they always seem to be in the right spot. And great doubles teams, <laughs> they just always appear to be in the perfect spot. And um, it was great to see them. And then for them to win the tournament today, they played this tournament forever. I think it was their sixth title. I think it was their sixth title today. Um, you know that some will say they got a break because when the draw came out, the first round they were slated to play Nick Kyrgios and Jordan Thompson, and everybody was looking forward to watching that match. Um, unfortunately, Nick had to withdraw, and then Jordan Thompson retired during her, his first round match. But um, so some may say they they caught a break. I mean, they could have beaten them. The Bryan brothers could have beaten them very well. Um, but that would have been a fun match for everyone to watch. But again, you know. Um, they played who they had to play. And to get through and, and win it their last time playing in Delray, they played a bazillion times. One of them has the, lives in Delray. Um, they have such a great relationship with the fans. It was great for them to win it. Also, shout out Riley Opelka. Had to, had to go double duty today. He played two three-setters. Um, he beat, he beat Roundish in three, and then I think he beat Nishioka in the final in three. A lot of hours put on court today, but um, congrats. It was an All-American sweep at the Delray Beach Open, and it was a fun week. Um, if you ever get the chance to attend, whether you live in Florida or even if you're a little farther out, it's a great, great tournament um, to go watch because it's a smaller type of venue. You can watch these guys practice right there. 
Um, there's not a lot of space, you know, you don't need binoculars or it's not, it's not like the U S open or any huge, huge tournament like that. I mean, you are right there. The players are accessible and, um, it's a, it's a fun week to attend if you're a tennis fan. So thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate the comments and we will see you soon. Thanks guys. Bye.